Hello! Welcome to episode four of Adventures in Autism. I'm so excited that we're doing episode four. Yay! I'm also, I'm so excited because I have a very special guest coming on today. I had to search far and wide for this guest, and that is my husband, Manny Carranza. Yes, he's coming on today. Um, he is definitely not as chatty as I am. So it was he was not he was not super thrilled when I asked him. But I'm really excited because I wanted to get the dad's perspective on just what it means to 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 go through this autism journey. And it's interesting because even though obviously Manny and I talk a lot and you know we we've been through all this together he actually had a lot to say that was not not super surprising to me but it was just interesting to hear uh especially in the way he he explained it um and it was interesting too, just kind of go back and and go through the whole journey from his perspective because obviously you know we we all we all look at things in a in a little bit different light so i'm gonna get this going for you. And here's my husband, Manny and I. All right. So I'm here with my husband, Manny, who is super excited to be recording with me. <laughs> this is not necessarily his idea of a good time, but he's being a good sport. Welcome, Manny. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Um, okay, so today we are going to talk about autism from a dad's perspective. Obviously, I had one close by. <laughs> um, and I'm really interested to see some of the, the things that he has to say. Obviously, we talk about things, and I, I know a lot of how he feels, but I'm, I'm sure there will be things that kind of surprise me, too. So, all right, I'm going to just ask you a couple questions. So tell me, take me back to, you know, when Logan was a baby and let's go, let's go way back first. Tell me what it was like in that first maybe year before we thought that there was any kind of an issue and it was still, you know, happy go lucky times. What was that like for you? Well, it was like amazing part of my life because I had been waiting to have a little boy for quite a while and everything just seemed picture perfect yeah it did Manny, Manny's a little bit older than me <laughs> so he uh, when he says he's been waiting for a long time he he was very ready to be a dad I had mentioned before that we we had Logan pretty quickly after we got married and we were we were thrilled it was just like he said it really was like picture perfect uh, this little family of three and we were both just so in love with our little boy. We still are. Okay. So then after that first year or so, when, when was it for you that you thought maybe that there was something that we were dealing with that they'll kind of red flags started popping up for you? Well, I remember like it was clear as day. Me and him were watching a baseball game and he was right in front of the television and I wanted him to move back 
So I called his name. I said, Logan. No response. Logan. No response. Logan. No response. So then I just went over, grabbed his hand, and had him come sit by me. And it just, for some reason, it just rang in my head. It's like, I don't know why he's not responding to me. I have a father that's hard of hearing, and I thought maybe maybe he has a hearing issue. I have a grandmother that was deaf, so I thought maybe he has some kind of issue with his hearing. But I, for some reason, I just Googled it, and the first thing that popped up was symptoms of autism. And so I'm reading through all these symptoms and things and I'm running through my head and I'm thinking well he kind of does this but he doesn't do that and I was like I was just really confused and then I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it I'm like there's a lot of things that they pointed out that was kind of Logan had those type of issues and at that point that's when I started thinking is it possible that he has autism? But I was always scared to say something because I thought it was just in my head. And now we know that wasn't the case. It's so interesting though, because how, how old was he when that happened? He was 18 months. He was 18 months, okay, yeah. So that was about the same time for me that I started to think there might be an issue. Not even with the name thing because he, it's true, he didn't always respond to his name, which is a very common sign with autism or symptom with autism. But it wasn't like it was 100% of the time that he didn't answer to his name. Like, there, there are definitely, but it was also me rationalizing. Oh, he, sometimes he does answer to his name. Um, but just like what Manny was saying, though, there was, there was a few red flags. Obviously, for me, the biggest was the speech. I just, I knew that at that point... He was obviously not not speaking the way that he was supposed to be. And I just didn't see him making the connections that I thought, you know, he should be making at that age. Um, just with the way that, just kind of that whole wheels turning thing again. I just, I, I felt like sometimes I could look at him and I could see him making connections the way he would play. And then other times it was like, there was that, that kind of like, like whoosh like over his head sort of a thing but the the crazy thing is that Manny and I both had these thoughts but we were both like too afraid to say anything even to each other because I think just at that point not knowing at all what the the future was going to look like if that was the case I know from my perspective that was just really scary is that how you felt too yeah I mean I was always afraid to say anything to you, thinking, why would I bring this up when this could not even be the case? Yeah, especially when he's that little, because it's like, it could have, time could have changed things. You don't, you just don't know at that age. I remember us talking about it after the fact, about how we both kind of realized something was going on, it seemed like around the same time. But we went on for years without ever saying anything to each other because we were both afraid to say anything to each other yeah. about it. Not that we didn't talk about Logan's issues because 
again, at, at 18 months was when I took him to the pediatrician to have him, I wanted to start the process of getting him evaluated. So we, and we talked about that, but we always referred to it as like the speech delay. And we really didn't go further than that. Right. Right. We just were, we're operating under the pretense that it was a speech delay. And we both had thoughts that maybe it wasn't. I would always be the one to take Logan to the pediatrician. So I was the one who was like filling out a lot of, I'm sure moms know what I'm talking about or dads. When you go, I think it's like the, after maybe six months, they start having you fill out a form. That's like, you know, does your child do A, B, and C? And he really, like there, there were definitely were things that, that he did that were on that list, like the not answering to his name. He didn't make great eye contact. Obviously the speech was behind, but like most of the stuff he, he seemed to be doing it. And it, again, it wasn't a concern to the pediatrician. So that like, like he said, we just, we never really brought up anything big and scary at that point. Like, you know, autism, because we both were, we were just, we were scared. We were scared of what, what that would mean for us and for our family. So then when Logan was a little older and I mean, I'm sure you probably remember that the day when I took him to, I I went to that parent teacher conference and I called you crying and I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. And what did you think when I said that? For reference, I'm talking about, I talked about this in episode one, but I went to a parent teacher conference and the speech therapist that was there said to me, like, do you think that Logan might have autism or has anyone ever brought that up to you? And I was upset. <laughs> I remember you calling me and immediately feeling like the blood just left my body because it kind of almost made me feel like the fears that I had just came up front and out in the open. Yeah. Like, I just remember you crying, and I probably had a few tears also. I think you were at work, too, (laughs) so it probably wasn't great timing. Right. (laughs) And it was just like, all my worst fear just came right out. Because it was like, somebody else had this same, you know, thoughts about Logan. Yeah. Yeah, I I pretty much said the same thing. Like I I I felt my blood go cold in that moment when he said that to me. Like I heard the word autism and it was like everything else around me just like stopped and it was like that time was in like slow motion then. Because it was like my my biggest fear at that point. And it was and it was this heaviness that I had been carrying with me and obviously Manny had too. And we just didn't know what to do with it at that point. So I think it was pretty soon after that that we decided we wanted to take him to be evaluated and like get a formal diagnosis. And a lot of people had told us to wait. He was he was like just a little over three at that time. And a lot of people had been telling us to wait because they thought that it was better to wait until closer to like kindergarten age to get a diagnosis because that is, I guess, you know, there's, there's more time for everything to develop. So I think you could get like a better 
a, a more finite diagnosis was kind of how it made it sound. But I think we both felt pretty strongly that we wanted to go ahead and get the diagnosis because we, now that it was kind of out in the open and we had it, we had all our cards on the table, we were like, okay, let's see what we're dealing with. Right. right. Yeah. It was Whoa. just, go ahead. up to that point we had, I remember one of the speech therapists said to him, or said to you, I believe, early on that, oh no, I don't think he has autism. Yeah, she did. It was his OT. She and, was like, I don't, I really don't think he does. Right. So then, then it was like, okay, maybe some of this is just in my head. <clears throat> and then when you had that conference and the speech therapist was it a speech therapist? Yeah, it was a speech therapist. Uh-huh. So when he brought that up, it was like, oh my God, is this for real? Yeah. It was like the bottom dropped out. Right. Yeah. So then we started on the process of getting him in with um, the developmental therapist and to get him evaluated to get the formal diagnosis. So we waited a long time, months and months. But then finally that day came and I remember particularly, and I talked about this a little before, uh, like the days leading up to it, we, we both were just like really scared, but tell me more about like how you felt before we actually got the diagnosis, but we knew we were going to get it. I think at that point I already knew what the diagnosis was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I just think hearing it from a professional doctor was just going to be the hard part of it. Because then, at that point, that's what's going on, and there's nothing you can do to change it. Mm-hmm. And just being scared, praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I had been praying for the last two years before that. Yeah, I remember praying laying with Logan in his bed and praying that just just to you know I guess I wanted him to communicate with us Mm -hmm. to almost put your fears to ease because I remember saying that I said Logan just tell us something because I think you're making your mom scared not your dad, just your mom. Well, <laughs> both of us. But yeah. you were your worried sake. about me. Yeah. yeah. Which is so funny because I was, I was, <laughs> it's like the same thing. I was so worried about you because I felt like, especially because, like I said, like my, my brother had the speech delay and he had ADD. So it was like I kind of had dealt with, like, obviously it's so different when it's your kid, but I had dealt with it like in a, a different kind of a way. And I, so I felt like I kind of had an idea of what we were dealing with, even though obviously things are so different, but I remember thinking like, man, he's going to be so devastated if he finds out when he figures out that, you know, Logan could have autism. But like you were thinking the same thing for me. Right. It's so crazy. Okay. So you were, you were praying with Logan and then what? Well, that was before, way before the diagnosis. Oh, but just okay. leading up to the diagnosis, I almost just felt like, okay, this is 
going to be real now mm-hmm. in a couple of days. And just being scared and of just being the diagnosis being finalized and just like it's set in stone. Right. Yeah. And like I said, there's nothing you can do about it at that point. Yeah. It is what it is. Right. So then obviously like the day comes, we take him, you know, for the whole evaluation. And that was really hard to obviously finally, you know, hear the words. We were really sad. <laughs> Tell me. I, I was sad. Uh-huh. But it, not relieved, but just, I guess at that point I already kind of knew. I know what you mean. It was good. Yeah, it wasn't a relief to hear it because it's like you never want to hear that your kid has autism. But it was, it was almost like a means to an end where now we could like move forward because we knew what we were dealing with. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's. I had said before, like, the first day we, we really were just sad and pretty much just cried all day and just felt, like, really sad. Although, didn't you have to... I think you had to go back to work, didn't you? Did you take that whole day off? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't know. Because we took Logan in the morning and it took, like, several hours, but... Yeah. No, you must have taken the day off. I don't think you would have gone back to work after that. But we were. We were really sad that first day and we we just kind of cried and felt... Just kind of grieved, grieved, you know, what, what we, we knew it was coming, but it was still just that realization and that, like you said, just like the finality of it, like, okay, this is it. Logan has autism was just like, it was definitely, it was hard to, to hear. But then once we were able to move forward and we had the diagnosis and we kind of had like a game plan, which was, you know, to start the ABA therapy. And obviously he was already in school at that point, but we, not too long after, or had we, we are, oh, we already had moved. Yeah. We already moved. So we were in, in the better school district, but we knew that we, we had obviously like an uphill battle kind of, what was it like for you then? Cause I had talked about like in the months before we started therapy, it was really hard for me. Cause it was just like a lot of Logan's behaviors and things were just like piling up and that was difficult. What was that like for you? It was scary just because of the fact that I didn't know if his symptoms were going to get worse because mm-hmm. like you said, it seemed like things were getting you know, I guess you'd say worse at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you didn't know, I didn't know how far that was going to go. Because, like, you read about symptoms with children that have autism or are on the spectrum. And a lot of the stuff Logan doesn't have. Right, that's true. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't take their, their children to you know, the grocery store or ball games, and that's never been the case with Logan. But then I was afraid, well, you know, is this going to get worse? Mm-hmm. I mean, how far are we going to go? Which it seems like, at to this point, it hasn't. It's just kind of been steady. As not, as... not like that kind of stuff, but I know, like we were just saying it this weekend. Like, when Logan doesn't have therapy... 
or school, he that's when he has like too much time and he is he's tough. He is yeah. into everything. He he's, always needs something to do. Yeah, he has to be he has to be like occupied, which is like a lot of people when I tell them, you know, he goes to school 5 days a week, he does therapy 6 days a week. They're like, "Oh my god, that sounds like so much." And it is so much, but it's like he he truly needs it and he thrives on it and he actually really loves it. But before we started therapy, and especially, like, during the summer, and he just had, like, all that idle time on his hands, that was hard because he he tends to, like, just go a little nutty when he has all that time. Right. And I we already had Liliana at that point, too, so it wasn't like I could focus 100% of my attention on him because, you know, we had a, a toddler also at that time. So now... We, we started therapy after that, and what did you make of that once we were, like, starting therapy and kind of getting into that process? Well, right before we started therapy, when we were talking to the doctor at the diagnosis, and they were talking to us about ABA and mm-hmm. the hours that she was talking about, and it was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, we don't do nearly the amount of hours that she was talking about that day. It, they, it was they, almost like we were going to have to live with a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. No, because most of it is in home. And ABA therapy, they, they tend to want you to do, I think, like, the minimum that they'll allow you to do is 12 hours. But the, the maximum would be, like, 40. And they honestly would want you to have, like, as many hours as possible. Like, now I think Logan does, like, 16 hours a week. He does three hours, six days a week. You're better at math than me. What is that? 18. 18. Okay. He does 18 hours a week. So he's even kind of like, I mean, I guess like mid to low end. But when he started school this past fall and he was going going for longer days, I had talked about maybe shortening his sessions. And his his BCBA, the one who like writes the plans, which is kind of in charge of the operation, she was kind of like, well... You know, we don't really want to do that, which I get because it's like I want Logan to get as much therapy as possible because we see how beneficial it is for him. I just worry because now that he goes to school for a full day that it was going to be too much. I think now that we're in it and he's been doing it, I think it's actually been been good for him. He kind of had to adjust to it. But, yeah, that was scary for me for sure at that the diagnosis because I I knew that she was going to recommend ABA I knew that that was kind of like the most common therapy for kids on the spectrum and as much as I knew that we needed help and I wanted Logan to get therapy the idea of doing that much therapy seemed so daunting to me like you said it was like are we gonna is this person gonna move in with us right I remember thinking like when are we ever gonna have I guess quotation mark a normal life if this therapist is at our house all the time it's like when yeah <laughs> it was just like wow yeah it was definitely it was a lot a lot to to take in but then i think by the time that summer was over we actually started therapy i know from my perspective like i was like pr- kind of desperate to get him in therapy because i i needed help at that point like being home with him, you know, all day, every day was just, it was, it was starting to get really hard. So then when he started school and then started therapy, if, I mean, it was, it was a, an adjustment obviously to get used to that. But I know yeah. for me, 
it seemed like it was right away it was a good thing yeah i think it didn't take too long for all of us because obviously it affects all of us yeah to get into a nice groove with you know the therapy and having to work everything around that mm-hmm. and i think we saw right away just that it was how much it was benefiting logan even though and this is something i want to talk about too it seems like for a long time with therapy at least in my perspective i i think you agree it it seemed like he was doing really well like in his therapy sessions but then like outside of therapy it still felt like it was difficult to to like it was an uphill battle to get him to do things yeah it's almost like he knows that when he's with us he can still get what he wants oh yeah he knows because (laughs) he knows we know what he wants and his way of communicating with us so he it's almost like he doesn't have to try as hard with us he knows what is expected of him so he knows that like in school he needs to you know sit down and the teacher tells him and he needs to go you know put his things away like he knows that and he knows in therapy that he needs to to do all those same things but then when he's just with us sometimes yeah he knows what he can get away with and we we are manny and i both he'll he'll act like he's a tough guy but we're both pushovers you more than i but okay (laughs) he'll act like he's he's this really strict disciplinarian but not not so much the case yeah we we're both suckers for our kids for sure (laughs) they're really cute so we can't help it um okay but then i would say when i really started to see a change in logan it was like towards the end of the last school year so more like not too long after around the time that we had layla it was like like around like spring of last year right uh, yeah, I mean, that's this past spring, it just seems like things were really starting to click with him, and he was just starting to, it's uh, it's almost like somebody flipped a switch, Yeah. and you could, you could see it in his face, like he was starting to get things. The lights came on. Right. Yeah. Because especially even with, with the girls, Liliana, he didn't even know she existed, mm-hmm. and with Layla... He, it's like, he lights up around her. Mm-hmm. And she lights up around him, too. Yeah. They were playing together today. It was so cute. But not only that, but it was like, we actually were starting to hear the speech coming in. He was speaking, like, way more than he had been. And more consistently. Yeah. I mean, since the spring, it... It just seems like he's just getting new words more and more. and like I, I try to play a little game with him. I just point out different things and just try to get him to say those mm-hmm. objects. And he does really good with it. We'll go on a walk. I'll, I'll say tree. And he'll say tree. And it's like part of our little walk routine game, I guess you would say. <laughs> just point out different things. And it like... You know, a year and a half ago, you would get no response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he might say something, but it was, like, totally random and, like, on his own accord. Whereas now, he will, 
either repeat things or he'll point things out to you. Or like today, what, I think you gave him a fruit roll up. Right. <laughs> he loves, he, Logan has the biggest sweet tooth on the planet. He is candy obsessed. That's to like a, a whole, fault. yeah, that, that's like part of what I was talking about with all, some of the difficult things. He has to do what I call the perimeter check and he will like scour the cabinets, climbing on the counters because he, he just has to look in like every nook and cranny for candy. And this, this goes on like pretty much daily, <laughs> but it's he a found battle every he, day. Yeah. He found today where I was hiding some fruit roll ups. <laughs> so we, we let him have one since he found them and you wanted him to say, please. Mm-hmm. And he said it. No problem. Right. And that's, that is really exciting to me because I mean, any word is really exciting to me, but like the functional speech to me is like, so like, I feel like we're really getting somewhere. Like when he, when he can say please, or when he can say, you know, hi and bye. That's, that's a big, a big thing. So, okay. Well, I guess that kind of brings us to like where we are now. Um, so I have a couple more questions. What would you say? has been the the biggest lesson that you've learned so far throughout this journey I guess that sometimes the way you picture life unfolding is not always the way it's going to be and it's not necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. but it just gives you more challenges Mm -hmm. and I guess, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, like, you, obviously you didn't imagine that you'd have a child with autism. Right. But. Like, I had this picture in my head of what having a little boy was going to be like. Mm Mm-hmm. And that just hasn't been the way it turned out. But he is a special little boy to me. So. I think he's special to everyone. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're his parents, but he—he is—he really is special. He really is. Right. I mean, you're never gonna find another little boy that's as loving and caring, no, and affectionate as he is. Mm-hmm. But, um, like I said, I had things pictured a certain way, and that's not the way they've gone. But that doesn't mean that you know. I remember, like, um, after he got diagnosed, just a couple weeks later, it was World Autism Day. And because he got diagnosed, like, middle of March, and that's April 2nd is World Autism Day. And I debated if I was going to, like, share it, like, on social media because I I felt such a, such a strong pull to share it. But I also was like, oh, my gosh, like, we are still processing this ourselves. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to like let the whole world in, but I also felt like I can't let, I can't let this day pass by and not say anything. So I did, I ended up like posting on social media and I think it was one of your friends and they, they posted, they commented on it with this poem called welcome to Holland. Do you remember that? I do, but I don't remember. Who it that was, was, I don't remember who it was either, but thank you for posting that. Cause it was, it was so awesome. I don't know what to call it a poem. It was like a short story kind of a thing. But it was about, like, basically, like, you plan, you're planning this vacation. I, let's say they were planning it to, like, Italy or Paris. And it's like, you you know, you book your hotel, you book all your excursions, you, you 
pay the money, you've got everything ready to go, like you've got this picture in your mind of what it's going to be like, and you're so excited, and then you get on the plane, and you go there, and you step off the plane, and you're actually in Holland, and you've you had this whole other trip planned, but now you're in Holland, and you have nothing planned for Holland. But then you're like, wait, this this actually is a beautiful country. There's a lot of cool things to see here, and there's a lot of fun to be had. And it's like such a good metaphor for what it's like having a, a child with autism or a kid with special needs, because as much as like it's so different from how you might have envisioned it or planned it, it's still great. It, there's still so much, so much good. Right. I just, that always really stuck with me and I always really appreciated that. And I still, I think back on it all the time because we, as much as, you know, we have challenges, we have a, a, a wonderful life and Logan is a huge part of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine a life without him. I know. Right. Nor would we want to. So, okay, then what would you say has been, like, the biggest challenge? I guess just communicating with him. Yeah. Especially now that we're able to communicate with Liliana the Mm -hmm. way we do. I would just like to, you know, hear his little funny stories or Mm -hmm. just talk to him. But that's probably the most difficult part is I just want to be able to clearly clearly communicate with him. Yeah. That's that's really hard. Like today, he was homesick from school today. And he came in our room very early this morning, which is not unlike him. And he was laying in bed with us. And, you know, most kids would say, Mom, Dad, my tummy hurts. I don't feel good. Well, he can't communicate that to us, and he ended up throwing up in our bed, which is also not great. But it's like you think about things like that, where it's like, oh, if you could just tell me what was going on, you right. know, that that's hard. That's definitely, that's one of my biggest challenges, too, I would say. Okay, so what is your favorite part about being Logan's dad? favorite part yeah or there's everything more than one. i mean <laughs> just him being my like little buddy just going to games together mm-hmm. going to menards together <laughs> he loves menards he loves any like excursion like anywhere right. we go he's so happy he's always been like my little sidekick since he was little yeah he he has this way of looking at you and he, he really, his eye contact has improved a lot, but even with us, I feel like he's always had good eye contact, but it really has improved, but he can look at you and give you like the biggest smile. And it's like, it's, it's just like, it melts your heart. It's the sweetest thing. Right. Yeah. Like I said, you'll be hard pressed to find another child that's as loving and affectionate as Logan is. Yeah. He is. Especially at his age. Yeah. He likes... He's a, definitely a, a cuddle bug, for sure. Well, I think this was very insightful. I do, too. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to add or say? 
Mm. No. Well, I just want to say that I think you're a really, really amazing dad. And I'm so, I'm so glad that we're in this together and that you are such a great father to Logan, all of our kids. But I think that kind of what you touched on before, just that, you know, you wanted that little boy and you got him, but you know, it's a little bit different than how you might've imagined it. But I think that you have been just such, such an awesome dad to him. And I'm very thankful for that. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. (laughs) All right. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Manny and I's discussion. I... I really enjoyed talking to him about that. I mean, like I said, even though we, we went through this together and I I know how he felt and I knew it, you know, while we were we were going through it, it's it's still interesting to hear kinda all laid out like that. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to the the challenges that we have faced. Um, but also the the joy, the the good parts, because there's so many of them. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We are so blessed to be Logan's parents. We love that boy to pieces. And we love all of our children, of course. (laughs) We love them all equally. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I have been hard at work behind the scenes. And I had mentioned in the last episode we have a Facebook page now. So you can check out adventures and autism podcast on facebook i have an instagram now that is adventures and autism pod on instagram and i also have an email account set up if you are interested in being on the podcast i am very interested to talk to you and you can email me at adventuresinautism2018 at yahoo.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook or on Instagram. Send a carrier pigeon or a smoke signal. I don't care. <laughs> I just, I want to connect with all of you. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for you for listening. I am I'm so excited to just continue expanding this podcast and growing it and I hope you guys are enjoying it and yeah take care